Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to Discover DEP, the official podcast of the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. Each week, we talk with DEP experts about how we protect and preserve New Jersey's air, water, land, and natural and historic resources. So that you'll never miss one of our podcasts, please subscribe to Discover DEP on iTunes or Google Play. You can also follow DEP on the web at nj.gov DEP. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy our podcast. Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to another edition of Discover DEP. Today we are joined by John Gray, who wears more than a few hats here at DEP, but we're here to talk to him today in his role as Director of the Office of Permit Coordination and Environmental Review. With more than 160 federal and state laws enacted over the past 20 years dealing with the environment and permits, things can become enormously complex when you come to DEP seeking a permit. Residents, towns, and business leaders had trouble getting permits and even understanding what they needed to do to get a permit. And here at DEP, we had trouble enforcing them. So the Office of Permit Coordination and Environmental Review was established to coordinate and facilitate the permitting of large, complex projects across multiple DEP programs. It helps ensure that complex multimedia high-value projects receive proactive and facilitated communication and coordination in support of timely, predictable, and positive permit decisions. So John, with all of the many hats you wear, we appreciate you taking a few minutes out today to talk to us about the Office of Permit Coordination and Environmental Review. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. John, tell us a little bit about the kind of permits that DEP issues. You know, we hear about the regulations and stuff, and our regulations spell out sort of what you need to do if you're going to build or do something in various areas to make sure that the activity you're undertaking is protective of the environment. So tell us about some of the permits that your office handles. Sure. So I think by and large, the general public deals with the department usually for a single family home. Either they want to expand, they want to put something new on. And typically in those cases, it's very straightforward. I think for the homeowner, it may seem complicated dealing with a land use program or natural historic resources or water quality. But then when we start moving away from those single family homes or a very simple business, and we start talking about things like power plants and power lines and commercial redevelopments in a town center, all of a sudden the scope and scale of those projects grows to such enormity that it pretty much starts touching almost every single program here in the department. And for the applicant, for the developer, then things become very complicated because what we find typically is multiple programs have very specific missions and goals to achieve, and those don't typically jive well with one another. So it becomes uh, very obvious when you hit a certain scale that we need a traffic cop, so to speak, within the department, not only to help facilitate for the outside developer, but more importantly, I think, for our own staff, so they have a fuller view of what the project entails, how each of their decisions impacts a fellow program here in the department. So what happens if a developer or someone with a large project comes to DEP and says, this is what we're going to do? What does your office do right at the very beginning to help them navigate this entire process and to help 
everybody here at DEP navigated in a way that's sufficient for them as well. So no interaction at the department is complete without a form, and permit coordination is no different. So we have an Uber form called the Permit Readiness Checklist, which is more of a thought process for that, that applicant, say, like for a power plant. That form will pretty much touch every single area of the department. That application, that checklist comes back to my staff and permit coordination, and then they begin the process of evaluating the information. We rely heavily on GIS to guide us in that. And then once the staff and permit coordination have a very firm handle of, okay, here's what the project is, here's the typical programs we should anticipate dealing with, and not only the department programs, but what our staff also do is look at federal agencies, other state agencies, and then we begin to kind of formulate a a plan of attack. Almost Uh, a roadmap for the applicant. Exactly. So we want to put a roadmap, again, not only for the applicant, but for, for for the DEP and other state and federal agencies, because what we don't want is for any individual program to start going off on their own without, again, having a holistic view. So once we get the checklist in, once the staff have an opportunity to digest it, create the roadmap, then really it almost is identical to any other typical permitting, you know, again, single family homeowner, it almost looks identical to the steps taken. It's just that our meetings tend to be 40, 50 people in the room, you know, representing not only the DEP, but Army Corps, EPA, Department of Transportation. So we try to bring everyone together do a very robust intake meeting with everyone at the same table. And then at that point, the roadmap will dictate what individual tailored meetings and conversations we need to have moving forward. Now, meeting with 40 or 50 people, that sounds a lot like trying to herd cats. What sort of techniques do you use to get everybody on the same page so that it, the permit application can move forward in an efficient way? So I think it comes down to more of soft skills. I, I'm very lucky to have very competent staff, not only in their subject matter expertise, but in just how their, their communication skills, their organizational skills. So yeah, it is absolutely like herding cats, but the positive feedback that we've received over the years of how we conduct the meetings, not only positive feedback from the applicants, because again, they have a, a full view, but even from our our internal staff, they are very appreciative of everyone having an opportunity in these meetings to put on the table what their concerns are, what their goals are. So, you know, again, it comes down to the staff and permit coordination running a large meeting uh, in as organized a way as possible, not only keeping the dialogue going in an organized manner, but also keeping the deliverables on track, cataloging the information that's been shared by everybody, and then packaging that in a, in a comprehensive way. So, again, it just comes back to understanding what the needs are, not only of the applicant. Uh, sometimes it's not just, oh, I need to get a permit. It's I need to get a permit in a certain time period because there may be financing issues at play. For a particular program, it's I need this information not just to understand if there's an impact, but the future. If there is an impact, what should we be thinking about now in the development of the project and the concept period that could hopefully tweak the project so that we could avoid issues in the future? So again, it's just kind of peeling the onion as far down as we can until we get to the core issues that are at play. And it sounds like you must eliminate a lot of surprises both for the applicant and for DEP by doing this up front. One of the goals that we have is, is exactly that, eliminating all surprises. We want the information that we're looking for to, to ask that up front as quickly as possible. We want to highlight as quickly 
always possible any fatal flaws. And then moving forward, it's the roadmap of here's the information we need at certain times. Again, because we have so many different programs operating at the same time, the last thing we want to do is get information that's too late, where if we had it sooner, it could, again, influence the, the, the outcome. So that roadmap is absolutely critical through the whole process. Sounds kind of like the same process that a Swiss watchmaker goes through, making sure all the parts moving and not moving are working together to eventually get you the answer. Exactly. Now, of course, entering into the permit coordination process is no guarantee that somebody's going to end up at the end of the day with their permits that they're seeking, is it? Correct. Right. And we make that abundantly clear. Permit coordination is a resource. It is not a guarantee. Uh, and quite honestly, the outcomes that, that typically happen after a project comes into us are going to be very different than how the project initially came in. And again, that's part of what our job is is in in the vein of trying to spur economic development here but also do it in an environmentally conscious way so when the folks for a project comes into permit coordination i think by and large especially for consultants or lawyers or any representative of a company who has dealt with permit coordination i think they themselves are advising their client that if you're coming into this group you need to accept that what your vision is will change over time because again the applicant may not have a perfect view of all the moving pieces in that watch that, that are going to play out. So as we try to put those little sprockets together, we'll find out sometimes that those gears just don't, don't mesh very well together. And so we have to lift it out, kind of talk about regroup. Here's how we could tweak this to make it work, slide it back in, and then we can move on to the, to the next piece in, in that. Is there kind of an average time that it takes for someone to get through the entire permitting process. I know it depends obviously on the particular project, but I'm sure you've got some metrics that show that this has been saving applicants and DEP resources as opposed to somebody just coming in and trying to figure out the whole thing by themselves. Sure. Yeah, I, I wish I had specific, you know, a time period, but the projects that we deal with I mean, these are projects that are going to go on in the natural course over a year or two because they're just so large, so complex. But I think where the value add is, is again, creating that roadmap where you could see how the project should be unfolding through the permitting processes. Because what may be required in land use for, say, 90 days to render a decision, you go over to the Division of Air Quality for one of their permits. That that could be you know a year plus it takes them to render a decision so again it becomes how do we synchronize all these clocks so that the the applicant is gaining the the most traction over time and then at least from our perspective where the long haul stuff starts sooner and those quick permits along the way we could kind of put them in where it's most appropriate and again where we're generating information over time you know, we want that to be positive momentum, get the information, give it to the right people so they can make the right decisions when. You mentioned a moment ago the importance of this office, not only in making sure that applicants are following all of the environmental regulations that are in place, but also a role to kind of help stimulate the economic growth of our state. How do you find the balance between those two things? Are they mutually exclusive or is there a balance? Oh, there absolutely is a balance. And I, and I disagree with the notion, and I've longstanding you know, felt this way, that they are mutually exclusive. They aren't. I mean, they go, they go hand in hand. And, and there are plenty of projects that we've touched in permit coordination that are emblematic of that. For instance, we have a uh, site up in northern uh, New Jersey where it's going to be a mixed commercial residential 
And there was complicating factors with site remediation, with a bald eagle nesting pair uh, on the property. And in the previous world where there was no permit coordination, I can almost guarantee you that we would have had to completely remove the nest and then we would be sitting on a contaminated site. Through the efforts of permit coordination, we were able to get the developer what they needed was a project they could start selling to their customers. But more importantly for us, we were able to create a project that was able to preserve a bald eagle nesting pair on the site, as well as clean up a long-standing, historically contaminated site. So it is possible. I think what is required is just will on both sides, will on the on the part of the applicant to accept that the costs may start to creep up because we need to do certain things to make sure the project is environmentally sound. But I think there's also recognition on the professional staff that so long as they're meeting the standards, if there's ways that we could identify early the, the, the small issues, the big issues, and put that information on the table, rather than keep it close vested, it behooves everybody to just have those open parent conversations. Well, particularly because at the end of the process, you get a cleaned up site or a protected nesting pair of bald eagles or some other environmental benefit that you would not have received if you had just said, oh, you know, let's just deny these people all their permits. That site could have remained uh, dirty for more years to come. So it really is a win-win. Right. And I think the added bonus that we also have been able to enjoy in permit coordination is is being a resource for anyone interested in any project so that we could be an honest broker of, of the, the value of the project as it relates to the economy, but also what are the environmental issues that are at play. I think one of the best parts of my job with permit coordination is sitting down with environmental advocates, with concerned residents in the area immediately surrounding a project, any one of the general public, including local elected officials. And again, being a, a conduit of information, I think we've, in permit coordination, have enjoyed a reputation of being the honest broker that no matter the outcome, if someone comes to permit coordination for an answer, they're going to get the kind of the complete truth of it from all sides of it, not only from the regulator side, but we could also provide perspective from the applicant side, from other federal and state agencies. And all we're trying to do here is to put the information on the table for people to digest it in as comprehensive and clear uh, as they can and, and empower them with information so that they can make the best decisions they can moving forward. And we've spent most of our time so far talking about this coordination process with the permits. But there are other things that this office has done to make it easier and more efficient for people to receive permits if it's a very straightforward project, things like that, leveraging technology. What are, what are some of the things that your office has done to promote those sorts of advances? So permit coordination is kind of at the crossroads. There are many groups, and you've interviewed many, many groups here, and I've had the, the privilege and enjoy listening to them, where we talk about innovation, where we talk about these concepts of uh, alternative energy, uh, energy independence moving forward. And at the end of the day, it's really how do we implement this? How do we execute it on the ground? So what the permit coordination staff tend to do is also connect the folks within, say, the department that are dealing with alternative fuels, that are dealing with alternative energy projects, and getting that information in the hands of prospective applicants with the general public, 
and trying to spur at least conversations going on over time. Again, it's really, it goes back to those soft skills that we were talking about before. It's, you know, having the communication skills, having the connections with folks in a wide array, whether it's the academic institutions, whether it's trade associations, and again, being a conduit to share that information. Because at the end of the day, permit coordination is not so much the advocate for a project. We're just the facilitators. And one thing we could do to facilitate and see that, that innovation come to fruition is to get the information into the right hands and have people then create a concept of it and then they could come back to permit coordination and say, okay, how do we make this concept a reality? And the way you describe it reminds me of that old riddle we've all heard. How do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time, right? So, Correct. So some of these developers Correct. coming in or applicants coming in, you know, they may see this gargantuan process, but you're really helping them get through it one step at a time. Correct. Yep. Which, which uh, makes a big difference. What sort of feedback have you gotten from the applicant pool that you've been working with over the past years? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm proud to say very high high remarks. We've had, again, a lot of complicated projects come in that, that are complicated from a regulatory perspective because of all the laws and regulations that we're required to, to follow through with. But again, it comes down to an applicant likes to know the path forward. Regardless if the outcome is going to be a approval or denial, and certainly from the applicant's perspective, all they like to see is approvals. But they like to see the road in front of them, and they certainly like to know as early as possible when something is not tracking the right way. So by and large, we have received high, high marks from not only small groups, but you know, we're talking about very large applicants, very large entities within the state of New Jersey that have, you know, have created hundreds and thousands of jobs here in the state. So you know, I'm very proud of the work that we've been able to accomplish, and I think moving forward, especially in the next administration, you know, we have a solid foundation to work from. So this has all been part of the transformation that we've heard Commissioner Martin talk about so often. Absolutely. I think at its core, permit coordination really is, it, it embodies all there is about transformation, whether it starts from customer service, of being able to have a single point of contact and, and get the answers. Again, whether you know it's a good or bad answer is it you know is irrelevant. It's it's getting the answers uh, quickly, and it's also deeper in the transformation mindset of breaking down silos. I mean, if anything, permit coordination totally embodies the idea that we are you know one agency, one state government. Because again, we deal with a lot of our other sister agencies, and at the end of the day, we're all trying to you know get the best positive outcome that we can from any anything that's put in front of us. So yeah, it, transformation is is absolutely the hallmark of what we're trying to do at permit coordination every single day. And I think it reflects kind of that old philosophical discussion that government is here to serve the people. The people aren't here to serve the government. Yeah. And I think another part of you know what highlights that is all the work that the staff do that deal with federal projects. So you know while we've been talking about a lot of what happens at the state level, whether it's an applicant, a potential developer here in the state, the other side, the other half of, of the office deals with all the federal projects that come into the state that require federal action under what's called the, the National Environmental Policy Act, NEPA. And, you know, we deal here in the state of New Jersey. signed by President Nixon, I might add. President Nixon, back correct. Back in the 1970s, yes. Correct, absolutely. And the goal of NEPA was, again, to require the federal agencies to have a comprehensive view on the potential environmental impacts. But the states all have a role in that. So what we try to do here in permit coordination is where the intake for these NEPA, very large documents, we digest it, we give it to the right subject matter experts. And again, going back to the communication part, it's, 
having the public understand here's what the potential impacts are, solicit the input from them, and then again be able to convey that back to the federal agencies. So it's it's a not only important office for the projects for the state, but it's also very important on a national level of, of what is the state's voice regarding federal projects. Now opportunities here within DEP, you've, you've talked about your excellent staff, a, st- a staff that needs to know kind of all of the different ins and outs of of the different program offices and everything else in this agency. What opportunities exist for people who are already working here to learn a little bit more about not only how this office works, but to help broaden the knowledge of the office in terms of what's going on out in the different program areas? Sure. So over a year ago, with the approval of Commissioner Martin, Permit Coordination started a temporary lateral mobility process. And the goal of that was to ask all the staff if they would like to apply to do a six-month or one-year tour of duty at Permit Coordination. And we had a number of goals of that. One, it's to expose uh, especially the newer staff to a, you know the wide breadth of programs here at DEP. So if you come work at Porn Recordings, you're guaranteed to deal with programs that you would not otherwise deal with. And then the second goal really was a cross-training program that these staff, once they did their tour of duty and were returned back to their programs, they would be considered an asset to the programs that they came back. So, you know, we feel it's a it's a win-win for everybody. So I recommend to, especially the newer staff here at DP, keep your eyes open for those temporary lateral postings, and we look forward to uh, receiving your applications. So when those postings are available, usually a postmaster is sent out to the entire Correct. department. Correct. Yes. So folks, keep an eye out for that. It's a great opportunity not only to broaden your own skill set in your job, but also to be an active part of really helping this agency work more efficiently and effective in carrying out its mission. Well, I think not only our listeners here internally at DEP, but those who listen outside will take a huge measure of comfort in knowing that should they ever come as an applicant before this agency with a complex set of approvals needed, that this group is here, this Office of Permit Coordination and Environmental Review is here to help them manage this process, to help them achieve their goals while we achieve the goal we all share of preserving and protecting and improving the state of New Jersey's environment. So, John, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day. You've got an amazingly broad portfolio here at DEP. So I know every minute of every day is precious, so we appreciate your taking time out to talk with us a little bit about this Office of Permit Coordination and Environmental Review. I assume you've got a presence on the web? Yes, sir. Yes, Uh, we are available on the web. All the information is there for anyone, uh, and they could contact us with all the information that's on the website. That's great. And we have the site on the description of this podcast, so people just need to look at the description, and they can uh, link directly to this office's site that is uh, standing ready, willing, and able to assist any applicant get through the often obscure and frustrating regulatory maze that uh, can exist in the environmental area. John, thank you so much for taking the time out. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Discover DEP. If you have comments on the podcast or ideas for future podcast topics, please email us at podcast at dep.nj.gov. Enjoy the rest of your day.